Welcome to the SoGrow Marketing Council podcast. The SoGrow Marketing Council is a membership organization comprised of growing marketers who want to stay ahead of developments in multiple areas of marketing. This podcast features recordings of SoGrow Marketing Council meetings. Tune in to hear expert marketers share tips and discuss the latest strategies and tools in marketing. To join the next meeting and be part of the discussion yourself, visit SoGrowPR.com. That's S-O-W-G-R-O-W-P-R.com and click on the Marketing Council tab. Let's get growing. So, okay. Let me... So first off, I'll tell you... um, I'm going to show you something that we're doing for our own company and uh, I'm showing you ours because I don't want to give away any confidential information for our clients. Um, But we're redesigning our website and um, often um, you think about a sitemap and a wireframe and imagery and copy, but you may not think about like a complete website summary approach. And so let me see if I can share my screen now. Yep. Okay. Pull it up. Thinking, thinking. And y'all, after Kristen shares her tip, let's remember to take a picture where we're all smiling. (laughs) So that way we don't get those odd pictures where we're all making funny faces. (laughs) Is it working for you, Kristen? I have a new computer and so it's not coming up quite right. See, this is Microsoft Word. I don't have the visual where I usually have the visual. Hmm. Anyway, let's see if this will let me. So let me tell you about a photographer that we found, Lerzo Aerial Productions, L-E-R-Z-O. He goes around and shoots photography, has all the permits and everything of different spaces. And so we saw this brilliant like overhead drone photo of Marietta Square, which is where our company is. And um, the Welcome Center was using it. So whenever I see great photography, I always reach out to them and see if we could license imagery from them. And he said, oh yeah, absolutely. Now they're using that so you can't use the exact picture, but let me send you all of my other pictures of that area. So he sent me probably 75 pictures and he sold them to me for $25 a piece. I think we purchased nine. Wow. They're fantastic. And then he won't allow other people to use that same image. So it's your image for $25. I mean- Wow. And working with photography for so many years, I mean, I would have spent hundreds, if not thousands, to get that picture. So um, mm-hmm. Lerzo is the guy's name. He's super nice, very easy to work with. I still can't get this to work. So um, what's his last name? Um, L-E-R-Z-O. Okay. So the summary approach, so we were looking at our site and looking at what everybody else was doing, like I'm sure other people do. And we were realizing that our, our site isn't where it needed to be. It was great four years ago, but it wasn't great now. And it's one of the hardest things to look at your own company and to change it. You know, we can do it for clients all day long. We're a branding agency, um, but it's really, really hard to look at yourself. So we put together this summary approach and it's what we're trying to do with our website, what our target audience is, who they aren't, who we want. And, um, you know, we talked about different sizes, the small, the medium, large. We don't want the small or large. We want the mediums. Uh, We talked about what our clients felt needs were and then what our solution was and then put together the site map. And, um, and then the recommended structure of what content we wanted on each page. I'm going to try one more time. Let me know if there's definitely a problem on my end, not yours. I just can't, I can't seem to get Microsoft Word to come up. It's so weird. Let me try desktop one. I'm just going to share my whole desktop. I was going to say, if there's something you want to send me, you can send it to me and I can share it. That helps. It's something that I can't figure out how to do. Okay. Um, well, if you want to post it in the forum, you can Okay. post it in the forum too. So let me see. Let me go through one page. So our homepage, uh, what we do for you, what we were talking about, like our commentary on our own home homepage was the current page doesn't immediately define what we do and who we do it for. And the brand was way too broad. Um, as the greeter, it's not specific or engaging yet. 
and it's not clear that IDA is full service and ongoing. Branding agency implies a single activity. And so the suggestions for the refresh were moving some about content to the homepage, starting off with a clear H1 definition that says what we do for whom and where, and then talk about setting and measuring results, the accessibility of quality research, uh, the life cycle of the client relationship, and creative through activation through momentum, and then keeping our awards and associations on that page. So then we took that and then we gave that to the design team. The design team did the design. Then we gave, then we had copy blocks in there and then we gave that back to the copywriter and said, okay, now we need this many words and this is what it looks like around it. And now we need this many words because as a branding agency, we wanted the, the, the objective to be handled. We wanted the design to be done and then the copy to support the images that were around it. Um, so that's how we went about, I'm not sure where I am on time, but that's how we're going about redesigning our own um, website. And what we've done is something really edgy and we, instead of designing a long scrolling page, we've designed a wide scrolling page. So instead of scrolling down, you're gonna scroll left to right, awesome. uh, which isn't necessarily the best user scenario, but with our clients and what we're doing, we needed to do something different. I'm so tired of seeing the long scrolling Big image, copy chunk, big image, copy chunk. I mean, it's like everyone went to design school and came out with the exact, like the exact same ideas and it just gets boring. So we did something completely different. Um, anyway, I hope that's helpful for everyone, just a, a peek behind what's challenging in our own world and probably the most challenging of all is to work on your own stuff. And that's what we've been tackling since May. And the goal is to have it launched um, by the beginning of September, and here we are, September 15th, and it's not launched yet. Um, so we've now pushed the deadline back to October. So how do you take a step back and look at your own company with fresh eyes? Because I know we probably all have that struggle when we're marketing our own company. Do you have any tips for just how to kind of think of yourself almost like a client? I, I, I hire experts to help me do it. Good. So I'll hire someone or we have a new employee that's um, that was hired. I like to have those people look at it and tell me what they get out of it because from that lens, you can really see what's missing. Mm -hmm. um, so we hired, a uh, like we work with a brand strategist and so he looked at the site for us um, and he works for us and with us. So, um, but he didn't help build the site. So he had no connection to the current site. So it's easier to like pick it apart and I couldn't pick it apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's number one is being open enough to be, let someone look at all your warts and problems and point them out to you. And then you'd be open and willing to fix it. That's good. Yeah. Good. Anybody else have any other thoughts or comments for Kristen? Um, Kristen, I wonder if you could have shared that file in the chat and just for anyone else, if they have issues sharing their screen, you can upload a file to the chat for everyone to see. Let me do that. Um, just as just thought I'd throw that out there. Sorry for all the names in the chat. I didn't think it was putting it in the chat and then it did it twice. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was going to say we did our, we redid our website and, um, what we did was we did like a strategic positioning um, process that we do with our clients on ourselves mm -hmm. and, um, you know, decided, you know, tried to figure our audiences and what's working for us, just identifying all that. What's our message for each audience. Um, and that really helped us to redesign our website that it's, you know, we did it ourselves. So it's not, yeah, <laughs> so we had the positioning and messaging. We had the positioning and messaging done. So that was good. Mm -hmm. But the problem was then taking that and applying it to these pages. Yeah. That was the struggle. And I don't know why we couldn't get from A to B, but it was really hard. Quick question about, um, do you have any idea how it, the scrolling right to left affects SEO? Does that have any effect at all or? It, it, it's actually, it's the same way as scrolling up and down. So it still reads all the copy. Uh -huh. um, and we have a whole article section that's gonna be built top to bottom, like more uh -huh. con right standard content pages. So we had an SEO expert look at it too, just to make sure and it was totally fine. Oh, cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. What about like mobile? Did it, did mobile like 
changed any of it or? No, mobile, it's, you know, people are now used to scrolling this way and then they will scroll this way. It is harder. So like if I was doing an e-commerce site, there's no way I would do this. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it works fine on mobile too. Cool. But you guys, you know, you're a branding agency, so it makes sense for you to stand out and be edgy. I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. Feels like a big risk. So mm -hmm. you gotta take risks. Yeah. Good. All right. So um, the next on the list, I think I said Kimberly, but I have Natalie, whoever wants to go, which of you would like to go. Awesome. Kimberly, do you want to go ahead and go and, and then we'll do Natalie? Sure. Um, so I'm Kimberly Petty and I work for Cindy Miller Communications and we do um, crisis. Well, I have the crisis communications seat. At, here at this marketing council. And we also do um, lots of content creation. We do internal communications and strategic positioning for companies. So uh, what I wanted to talk about today was um, we've been dealing with a lot of crisis clients lately. Um, and one thing that we have done in the past for one of our clients, um, well, that we do for all of our clients is we help create stories. We help identify stories. And so as I was thinking about um, what is good for a, a company to, to prepare for a potential crisis is to get those stories in order. So taking a look at your um, potential areas where there could be a crisis and, and figuring out how you can write stories to counteract any of those potential um, crises. So when if something does come down the pipe, you have your ecosystem already set up where you have these counterpoint stories. So one example of what we've done for the Georgia Studio and Infrastructure Alliance, they're a, the film alliance of studios and infrastructure groups. Um, what we've done over the past several years is we put together stories. Um, we identified different areas around the state um, and we put together stories about regular people, Georgians, working in the film industry. So then when our crisis, but which, which we already knew would be coming, is um, the film tax credits. You know, when that goes up um, at the Capitol, when they're thinking about changing those, how do we express to... Um, people at the Capitol that you need to keep these tax credits there. Why is it good for our state? And so what we did is we took here, okay, put this up. We, we made a book called We Are Georgia Film. And inside you can see, I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> yeah. The, so there's like the person, their story, and in the corner you'll see there's like the state, and it's say like Athens, like this person's from Athens. So we went and put this on every single person's desk at the Capitol. And so if I represent Marietta, I can say, oh, you know, turn to Marietta. Here is one of my constituents who is being helped by the film industry. So that's just one way of using, how do you use stories? How do you put faces um, to your stories and help in a potential crisis. So we've had, you know, a lot of crises go on this summer where they didn't have those stories. <laughs> um, so now we're trying to help them, um, help companies after we've gone through the crisis, try to help them to build that ecosystem. So um, in the future, if there's another crisis, um, they can have those stories already available and ready to go um, as a counterpoint. That's so good, Kimberly. That is so good. Because it's hard to come up with those in the moment when there is a crisis happening. Yes. Coming up with those and making sure that you've thought through them because the last thing you want to do is come up with a story that's insensitive or maybe there's a part that offends people because you haven't thought through it. So coming up with those things in the midst of craziness is nearly impossible, I'm sure. So that's so smart. And it also helps you to get like a list of people who are advocates, mm -hmm. right? Advocates for your company. 
um, and you have you vet you know you vetted already those people. Um, so like when we went to the Capitol with our book, um, you know I I was able to call a bunch of people that I had interviewed and created store relationships with and say, hey, you wanna come up to the Capitol, you know? And that also helps you with media because then the media is covering the event. You've got these great people there um, to go along with your stories, so. That's awesome, well done. Any other thoughts or questions for Kimberly? What was the, um, what can you tell us about doing the virtual court event? What, <laughs> is there anything you can tell us of what took you to the virtual court event? Um, well, that, yeah, that was, um, a, a rogue employee, bunch of rogue employees, mm -hmm. um, trying to, um, sue a medical facility. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were able to help them, um, keep the story out uh, uh, mostly out of the media to help share their that their side of the story, and then when it went to court, it got thrown out by the mm -hmm. judge. So yeah, that was great for us because there was no case; they didn't have a case. So that was um, pretty amazing. The um, the digital online court session was very eye opening because. <laughs> It really was glitchy. I mean, it was, it was, um, I don't know if anybody else has been on one no. during this time, but yeah, it was real glitchy. It made me very like concerned for our legal system. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but, you know, it went through and we were good on our end. So that was fine. But they do allow press still to cover the, to, just like in a courthouse, like you can come in and, and come listen to, um, to what's going on at the courthouse. So so yeah, they could, they can still, I think we were able to find out who was on the call as well mm -hmm. so that we could reach out if we needed to, to, to that media source. So, so in a normal court setting is, are, is the media allowed to come in and film? Uh -uh. So in zoom, are they allowed to film and on their own computer? And right. I, I mean, I'm just thinking that's a whole new thing, taking, you know, quotes from people and yeah, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I know like we've been in courts in situations in a courthouse where the cameras are outside. Like you can't, you can't be on your phone in the courthouse. So, you know, when we're working in a courtroom, I might, you know, see a guy's over there. He's got a little yellow notepad. He's taking a bunch of notes. So right. I'll go over to him and ask who he is and get his card and stuff so that we mm -hmm. can later send any information that we need to um and then try to you know walk the hallways and say oh there's a camera out there you know and and try to um alert people to that so mm -hmm. well, any other thoughts for Kimberly it's such a it's always such a fascinating world the crisis yeah <laughs> that's a great question I and I don't I should know the answer that I don't remember so I'll, I'm gonna find that out for next time well let us know if you um yeah find out you know put a post in the forum because I think that would be helpful for anybody that you know it's just good to to know if your quote yeah. is being taken out of context and how to you know right that and that sort of thing so absolutely sure. awesome well thank you Kimberly any other thoughts or questions for Kimberly I have, a, I have a quick question. So when you, so you come up with these stories preemptively, which is great. And then a crisis happens. Do you, when you, when you promote those stories or publish those stories, do you relate that to the crisis at all? Or do you keep the crisis completely out of it? Well, like, for example, with the film industry issue. So that was, you know, a long time we knew it was coming up because it's a month long process to get the, the um, tax credit changed. Um, so part of our branding with this book is, I mean, we did talk about it, you know, the tax credits helping, you know, it's, it's creating billions of dollars or whatever, how much, you know, however much money is bringing to the economy and it's spreading around the state here. Um, 
it, for like, uh, you know, it depends on the crisis, but a lot of the companies that we've worked with, you can like it, to me, it's the ecosystem, right? So you have one bad story in the media, but if you have created this ecosystem already on, on your website, um, it, with your Google reviews, for example, you have created something that one media story, hopefully, is not going to take you down, mm-hmm. you know, right. take down your entire business because okay. you have already um, shored up the basic pillar, you know, the, the pillars of your company that you, that you can identify. Um, so if you're a company that goes out to people's homes, you have c- customers you want to make sure you have great stories about your customers, interactions with, with your company. Um, maybe what you're giving back to the community. You want stories about, about how you're helping your community. So that, let's say, one of your employees does do something wrong. You know, maybe uh, gets in an accident with a branded truck. You still have all this other information for when media comes calling. They can see, you know, that it's that there is more um, there. And then you do have these customers you could perhaps call on to support your company and be an advocate for you. Okay. Yeah. So it just kind of depends. And it's about having all of that to back you up. And I like that word, the ecosystem. Yeah. Okay. That there's so many companies. Um, they just don't have hardly any of that <laughs> put together. So. Very good. Good question. Awesome. Natalie, do you want to share a tip today? Yeah. So, um, okay. So Kimberly and Sherry, I didn't see you guys last, didn't you you guys last time. So um, I am with Hughes Media. Um, I work with Deidre Hughes, who was um, attending these meetings before. So Stephanie, so I didn't, so what seat does she actually hold in the we were in the process of figuring out exactly where she wanted to be because it was SEO, but then she wanted to move more to like digital advertising. And so, um, and we're, we've, we've actually changed since then, since we went virtual, we've opened it up. So it's not necessarily just one seat anymore. So, you know, we best, we basically say, you know, this is my area of expertise, but we used to have where you'd only have one person. But now, you know, it's basically just your area of expertise. So you guys can. Okay. okay. All right. Great. Because my tip today is very different from my tip last time. So that's totally fine. Um, yeah. So, so what we do, we, we do um, digital marketing. High, we focus a lot on SEO. We build websites. We also have paid media as well. So um, broad spectrum. Um, so today, um, my tip um I mean, we all know content marketing is is very important in digital marketing and, and Google um, very much appreciates when we provide value to our customers. So um, I wanted to share our process on how we optimize our blogs for ourselves and for our clients. And I think a a lot of this is pretty widely known, but I have some specific um, tools that we use that could be useful for you guys too. So Um, The first thing, you know, is choosing your topic, obviously something interesting to your customers, something um, that answers related questions, that is cohesive and sticks to a certain theme. And so one tool we use is Buzzsumo um, for coming up with with topic ideas. Um, It's a great tool. Um, And then, of course, we do keyword research. And we use two different platforms when we're, we're doing keyword research. We use SEMrush and Google Keyword Planner because we found that a lot of times they come up with different results. Um, And we look at the competition for the keywords, the volume, and then ultimately for blogs, we generally pick one or two long tail keywords to focus on just to to give us some focus and so that we would be searchable for. um... Oh, we just lost your audio. I think we just lost Natalie. Oops. Is everybody else? Oh, I think I just lost audio for everybody. Yeah, I can't hear her. Oh, um, long tail keywords was the last thing I heard. So when she comes back, okay, can you hear me? Natalie, 
Yeah. Start it. You were talking about long tail keywords that you picked yeah. one or two and then you went out. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. This happened last time too and it never, it doesn't have one other calls. Um, okay. So yes, we choose one or two long tail keywords to focus our blog on. So um, we use Yoast to optimize our blog. So when we're in Yoast optimizing, we make sure those keywords are in the title tag the meta description, the URL, and H1 and H2. Like those are the, the five categories we wanna make sure that the keywords are present in. And then when we write the body of the content, um, we use the keywords just in a normal cadence and avoid keyword stuffing. Um, and we try to stick to one to 2% keyword density. And we use small, um, it's called small SEO tools. It's Lost you again. Can't hear you. <laughs> Small SEO words was the last thing my... I heard. <laughs> it's okay, Natalie. Can you guys hear me now? Yes. Okay. I think I'm just going to start sharing my screen. So if I go out, you can still read the words. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think I'll do that next time. So um, the other things we do, we use internal and external linking, and we use a, a featured image and we always use alt text for that image. And um, uh, we, we integrate a CTA at the end of, the, of each article. So, I mean, I know the saying is content is king, but really conversions is king because that's what we want. So we always use a, a CTA. And then that process up to that point, um, pretty pretty widely known for those steps but one thing we've started doing recently is including an FAQ section at the end of the article um, did you guys hear that part FAQ yeah FAQ <laughs> that was the main part of the tip so so you know a lot of people search with questions so right. those questions and answers at the bottom of the blog um, it it will capture those question queries and also adds value to the blog because who doesn't love a good FAQ section where you can easily find what you're looking for? So that's something we've started doing recently that, um, that has been really helpful. And we use um, the Google's people also ask section at the bottom of Google to find those FAQs. And then another website we use is answerthepublic.com to, to find those, uh, those question ideas. Natalie, do you have an, a user on the back end of the Sogro account? Because I would love for you to post this in the forum. Those are so many amazing resources. I would love links to all of them. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if I do or not. Um, okay. Um, I can well, I'll, if we don't, then I will reach out to you. Yeah, Deidre has an account, but we'll get one set up for you, and that way you can post because that was so good. And so I want to make sure I have all those resources because I think those Hopefully would be really you're able to hear most of it. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know if it, I guess it's my Wi-Fi connection. It's just, I mean, you guys, you know how it is. <laughs> I'll totally post it. Fine. Totally fine. And I'm, I'm on board with you because we're doing a lot of headlines as questions because when people search for things and even titling videos as questions. And so we're doing an entire video series where each video, we want it to be a question because that's what people are typing in. So I think exactly. you're spot on with that. Yeah. Awesome. Anybody else have any thoughts or questions for Natalie? Natalie, when you're, you know, when you're making those changes to any of your clients' websites and things like that, what type of, like, how long does it take to see a bump in their, you know, how do you score their SEO and how long does it take to see a bump and give them, you know, the results or show them what they're yeah, getting for that? it takes time. It takes, you know, generally when we're, um, you know, there's a, there's a process we use, you know, we focus on editing our, our title tags, our meta descriptions first, and then we move on to other things like blogs. And it, I mean, it takes three months really mm -hmm. to see right. the results. Yeah. And we look at um, organic traffic month over month, year over year. Um, we look at ranking, but you know, really it's that organic traffic and the organic conversions mm -hmm. that is the true testament to, to see if the SEO is, is working.
Do you find that, you know, Google Analytics or something like that is enough to track that information or do you create your own internal reports to? We use uh, Google Data Studio to bring different platforms together. So we use um, Google Analytics, uh, Google Search Console and mm -hmm. SCM Rush, and we bring all of that together into Google Data Studio. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Natalie. That's so good. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, all right, Sarah, do you want to do a tip? And Sherry, do you have a tip today? Yeah, I do. I don't have a screen to share. I just have a tip. Um, so there was a couple things that I thought were interesting. I was looking for something to share. Um, and I always just try to think of something that I've been working on or just something interesting going on in the industry. Um, TikTok, despite it being annoying, is still here and huge. So, you know, keep your ears open for whatever's going on there and branding initiatives and short videos. Um, YouTube is also launching like a short video similar to TikTok, like a format. So that may be interesting to see if YouTube, you know, everybody's always trying to compete with each other, the big social media um, people. But um, another thing that's coming bigger is more um, uh, AR and social media, um, VR type of, you know, capabilities. So like we had seen this already, like on Wayfair and stuff where you're shopping for something and you can see the table in your house or the art on your wall. Um, Snapchat has all the filters and things like that, but um, more and more platforms are, you know, are using that both for selling where you can try on like sunglasses. It's going to be another thing. Beauty products will be another thing that'll be big. Um, shoes even, um, clothes, all that type of stuff, being able to try it on. Um, I was talking, it's interesting, like COVID, I think one good outcome is that so many companies that maybe hadn't gone farther or updated their technology, you know, we had a lot of technologies floating around, but a lot of companies hadn't fully employed, you know, and with COVID now, everyone's trying to make things touchless, super easy, super easy to buy from your home, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, this past week, I did an order for, have y'all used the Home Depot lockers yet? Yes. So you can buy your, you know, your order from Home Depot. And I just got like a bunch of crates or something. And then you say, pick up in store and there's a locker option and you go in and they put it in a locker and you just, you pay for it. Then you go in, you scan on your phone, the locker opens, there's your product and you walk out. It was so fast <laughs> and it was like, I never had to, there was no paper, there was no touching, there was like no waiting in line, no walking through the store trying to get what I needed. So that was super cool. Um, another, one other good point that I've ran across. Um, so Facebook is doing something where, you know, they say like, if you can't prove something, a lot of times try and do your own study so that you can, you know, um, we do this case studies and things like that, white papers for different businesses, if they want to prove a point to, you know, something important. But anyway, Facebook is paying people to dis, um, disconnect their accounts and they're tracking where, and this is leading up to the election and they're trying to argue how much social media impacts, you know, the electorate process or just like opinions and things like that. So they're showing, you know, one group that's disconnected from Facebook, you know, they give them a poll and they ask them all these questions about what they think about, you know, the elections or current events, et cetera. And then the group that is connected to Facebook and is seeing all their stuff in their feed, what they're seeing. So it'll be interesting because they'll come out, you know, with some research about how much social media, fake news, everybody is hearing about that is impacting you know, people's opinions on maybe important matters. And that'll be helpful for them in the end. Um, and then the last point on that was, you know, the importance of testing. So we've got, you know, and one way that testing comes up a lot with us is with email marketing with our clients. Um, 
you know, and just doing those A-B testing, you know, when you can. But we had a client, um, B2B client, um, consultant, you know, and typically they always say with email marketing, the best is Tuesdays or Thursdays, you know, something like that. This is pre-COVID. With COVID, of course, everything changed. But we did A-B testing for him and found out that Sunday night at 7 was the best time for his open rate. Sunday night at seven. I mean, I guess like all the high level executives that he was trying to reach, which was most, mostly like CEOs, maybe that's when they like to get ready for the week or whatever. And they were most likely to open. But during the week, people, I guess, were too busy to open his emails. So, you know, the importance of, you know, doing those testing and, you know, if, if the information isn't out there, go out and try and get it yourself. So that's my drive-by social media, multi-tip. Awesome. I didn't know a lot of that stuff was coming down the pike, so that's awesome. Very good. Anybody have any questions or thoughts for Sarah? Just that thank you for the Sunday night at 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that. That's good. Mm -hmm. Surprising, <laughs> right? Sunday night, okay. Yeah. Yep. I guess it's those quiet moments now where people are usually watching TV, but not really engaged. So we're usually checking our phone. You know, what are those windows of time that you're not like in a meeting or meeting with clients? So and also trying to probably get back in the, the week mindset, you know, you're about to start work Monday. So you're trying to check your email and get ahead. Yep. So that does make sense. Yep. Well, let us know if you guys try it and have good luck with it because we're curious if it's just an anomaly or if this is kind of a, a thing. Um, well, I'm thinking about it. Can we do a quick picture with everybody smiling? Because I haven't yes. done it yet. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, we're going to do one. One, two, three. Everybody look and smile. All right. We'll do one more. And then we'll have Sherry do a tip and then I'll do a quick tip. All right. One, two, three. Everybody smile. Okay. Uh, oh, Sherry, I think your thing was frozen. Hang on. Let me do one more. Um, all right. Sorry. One, two, three. Um, and Sherry, if you want to share a tip and then I'll wrap us up and, um, yeah, happy to. And hi, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, I've got a company called Telesale and we've been on the phone for 22 years and we're basically a business to business, cold calling, talking to customers, doing surveys, et cetera. And I wanted to talk about actually a case study that we've just done, a B2C program that we did where it's actually a Ford dealership in Atlanta that gets 100 to 200 leads off of Facebook every month and they for people that are interested in cars and trucks and they don't call them, they don't follow up with them. So um, in 60 hours, in the last two months, we got 380 leads uh, from Facebook and we followed up with all of them and sent over 38 leads of people that were very interested in talking, visiting, you know, had deadlines of when they were going to be buying. So um, just an interesting case study for us to do this and actually our people really liked, you know, we do a lot of difficult phoning and they really liked this because it was warmer and fuzzier and the results were bigger. So it's interesting that people don't typically follow up on Facebook leads. And this was an interesting pros prospect for our project for us. We hope we'll be doing more of it. That's awesome. So that's my tip. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. I love it. So when you guys called them, did you just say, hey, I saw you guys were interested in this on Facebook. And then you had a specific, like, yeah. what did you do to kind of engage them? Uh, so, actually, the thing that they filled out on Facebook was the exact car that they were looking for, and we would have that number. Um, and so, we would take the, the lead, and then we would add that information into a Google Doc that everybody had access to, and then we could track it. And we were only doing like one, maybe two calls to these guys. But we had all the information coming in off the lead. We had their email, their, their phone number. You know, it was pretty amazing. I want to do more of this. I didn't think I'd ever say I want to do more consumer calling, but we're going to look at it. That's awesome. That's so cool. Awesome. Yeah. Any thoughts or questions for Sherry? So it was, it was, you said automotive, 
And like, how long did you leave the ad out there before you, is it like in, like, it's been going on, Sarah, for quite some time, and the ad is still up. They are evidently in the process of selling this particular dealership, but their ad's been up for a while. Um, they've been generating these leads for a while, and their sales team thinks they're soft leads, so they don't follow up on them. And I'm sure it's still turned on. You know, I'll find out more about it. But it was just really interesting. So I'll be getting feedback from the client fairly soon on how it's going at their end. And of course, how good is their sales team in closing, you know, those kinds of, of leads. So, Well, they say now that everyone does all their shopping. I mean, you know, they do all their research and make, you know, 90% of their decision before they... Yes. You know, talk to a salesperson or get in the yes. door. Yep. So. And here's a great example of it. Yep. Yep. I think, too, a lot of what we do in marketing is the top of the funnel and getting people in. But it's that phone call. It's the sales team. And that's why I always tell people because PR is like the top of the top of the funnel. And so everybody wants the sale to happen at the top of the funnel. And it's really you have to go through all of that. Um, funnel yeah. to really get to the sales, but that's so good to know about the consumer side of things that that you even need that push on the consumer side and not just business to business. So that's really yeah. good. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're venturing into the consumer world. That may be a really good <laughs> market for you. Yeah, it could be a really good market for yeah, us. Absolutely. So, yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, yeah, you're such good tips today. Um, I love it. So I wanted to um, share something to you with you all about. We're often on camera now more than we've ever been on camera. So for years, since 2006, I've been advising clients about what do you wear when you are on camera, if you're doing a media interview, if you're doing a presentation, and now everybody's on Zoom. So I'm actually um, working on a project to launch a service of advising people and doing a one-hour consultation to shop your closet to come up with outfits that look good on Zoom. So I wanted to give you guys a few tips today and I want you to feel free to break some of the rules because I think a lot of the information out there is not necessarily helpful. Um, and my theory behind it is that you want to stand out, especially on Zoom. So you can think of it like this. You are the person that is either being interviewed on TV or a video, the video shoot, you are the person that's upstage on speaking or you're on zoom with 50 other people, right? So do you want people to not see you or do you want to be that person that stands out that people remember? So a lot of the advice that's out there is, you know, wear dark neutral colors. Don't do anything that's going to date you anything that's super trendy because you know, if this is 10 years down the road, somebody's going to see that video and think, Oh my goodness, they're so out of fashion. So, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of information out there that basically I even read a website that said wear something boring like it in print it said wear something boring and I just kind of cringed inside I was like no 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 let's not do that um, this is an opportunity and like Queen Elizabeth never wears dull colors she's always in vibrant colors because she wants people to be able to say I saw the Queen it's the same thing when you're on stage you don't want to blend into the curtains behind you right so there is some conventional wisdom that you do need to just keep in mind because camera is different than in-person meetings. So, um, you know, you want to be careful about not having too much contrast. So if you have very light skin, you know, avoid super dark colors. If you have dark skin, avoid super light colors because the camera can have a hard time getting the balance right. Um, so, you know, wear something that's in line with your, your skin tone color. And then the old story about don't wear super small prints because they look like they move on camera, the moray effect. You can often see people who have like a really small stripe or hound's tooth and it looks like their shirt is vibrating. So definitely stay away from that. And I've even found that even if it looks like a print, like I've seen, especially with men's jackets, where it's got this really, really tiny, fine um, plaid, but it's tone on tone, that still causes that effect. So just be aware, even if it's tone on tone, you can still have that if there's a pattern. Um, so those are good. And then, um, Obviously, if you're on a green screen, stay away from greens because you don't want to have the image on you. But if you're not on a green screen, green can be one of the best colors, especially for men. Having a man in like a, a dark hunter green is so much better than 
let's say a black jacket, which often is too harsh for, for people on camera. So, um, you know, make sure you know what your background is, but if you don't have a green screen, greens are some of the best colors you can wear. So you just have to know your setting. Um, and then one thing that some people don't know is you don't necessarily want to wear fabrics like velvet or corduroy that's really um, textured because it can actually suck in the color. And then it makes you look almost like you have a floating head because all the light is being absorbed. So, you know, stay away from fabrics that are really going to draw in and absorb that color. But on the flip side, also avoid shiny fabrics because that reflects things. Um, and also jewelry is something too that I'm, I'm working on um, because a lot of jewelry reflects light. So you have to really think about, you know, what jewelry makes sense. If there's this huge spotlight on you and you have this necklace that's going to reflect light. Um, or on Zoom, if you have earrings that are going to hit your, your headphones, something else to think about. Um, okay, so a couple things. Um, you also, I, and I'm, I'm curious, I wish Scott was here today, Scott Williford, because he does video, and I wanted to ask him about this. So the old advice is, you know, don't wear red on camera, because the camera has a hard time picking it up. So I'm trying to figure out if that's still true. But like red and orange can be a little bit tough for the camera. You almost look um, almost glowing a little bit. Um, and then don't wear all white and don't wear all black. So those are kind of basic um, things to, to think about when you're doing this. Um, some things that I recommend is pick a statement piece and wear something like um, maybe it's a necklace or red glasses or a bright color or something that's a little bit interesting so that you have something that's memorable for people. Um, and then also I love asymmetry. So if you see necklines that maybe um, I've seen these really pretty dresses that have like necklines that are asymmetrical. Something like that can just make you stand out when everything else is symmetrical, especially because we're in these little boxes that are perfectly symmetrical. Having something that's asymmetrical can really help you stand out on Zoom. Um, and then not all prints are bad on camera. So stay away from the really small ones. But um, like Kimberly, you've got a really nice print there that's not just a solid color, but it's fairly, um, fairly toned down so that it's still this beautiful print, but it's not something that's going to move on camera. So especially for women, like large florals, they're very close in color. So almost like a tone on tone can be really nice. Or if you have like a floral motif that comes down, that's maybe on a solid um, or something that's like tone on tone where it's maybe a graphic, but it's the same color, but you can see a little bit can also add some interest too. So that way, you know, you can have a little bit of fun. You don't have to just do solids. Um, how am I doing on time, Sarah? Am I over? Oh, I couldn't hear you. Are you muted? I think you're on mute. You're over. Okay. All right. Well, um, I have some colors that are going to be on the um, forum. So if you guys want to look at some colors that pretty much look good on everybody and look good on camera, no matter um, what your skin tone is, your hair color. So um, I'll put that. It's actually already on the forum. So if you want to check that out. So, sorry, I didn't hear the timer. I think you were on mute. <laughs> I was, I was. There's my bad. start waving at me. I got a quick question for you though. If you, I, I know you've been talking about clothing, but have you looked at all at lighting? Like you've seen those little lights that can clip onto your laptop. Do you have any recommendations for that? Because I'm, my lighting situation is awful at home. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's so worth it. I've got this, um, it's like a natural light thing that is the same color as sunlight just to add, cause it's rainy today. Like today's an awful day to be on zoom. So yes, I definitely recommend those. And then Scott, which I wish he had posted it on the forum because he had some great advice on what camera to use. And he flipped between two cameras and the difference was, it was stunning. I mean, it was basically a normal shot that didn't look that great to this looks so good. And so even just going one grade up on your camera can make a huge, huge difference. So yes, definitely lighting and definitely the more natural light you can get. But on days like this, there's just, there's just no. Right. I, I Google and I saw that there's something you like clip onto your, mm -hmm. your laptop and it's like, Right. Yeah. The one thing that I don't love is when you see that circle in everybody's eyes, because there's one that's a circle and you see this huge circle in everybody's eyes. Have you guys seen that? No. I don't love it. So I'm, yeah, I, I would look for one that maybe doesn't have this big circle that ends up. It's just like this blazing circle that you have in your eyes and it's a little obvious. <laughs> 
sound so, yeah, like it's wherever you set up, like as long as you have, um, I don't know if y'all use daylight. I think it's called daylight bulbs. That's the like more, um, Kristen, you're probably being like an, an arts person, but like daylight. So it's like the more blue color, very like brightish. Um, but anyway, you get the bulbs. So I found if I pick a spot where there's a daylight bulb somewhere in front of me, like coming this way in my house, but those selfie rings, I think they're called, oh, him, no. those are very popular and they work great. They use those in salons and places, you know, a lot of times to do the photos of, you know, hair and stuff like that. And it's, um, it can make a real difference in just lighting your face. And if, you know, if you're somewhere where you can't get a bulb in front of you, you can have it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, we are almost at 11. Anybody else have any other thoughts or questions or comments? I posted that Word document and then I posted the image from Larazo just so you have it in the chat. Okay. Oh, and that's, cool. did you yeah, say confidential? That that's not something you want out yeah, there. The yeah. picture, the picture is totally fine because it's watermarked with his stuff. But yeah, I don't want the the website that document shared. Awesome. Just want to make sure we said that out loud again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And um, so Natalie, we need to get you to um, have a account online so you can post because I love all your stuff. So y'all post your tips in the forum so we can all have the links and things. And um, mm -hmm. I so appreciate you guys coming today. Did you have something hey, you're gonna say, Sarah? Kristen, that picture is gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. I have not seen anything like that of Marietta. That's, that is stunning. And you, it's even got the um, downtown in the, yeah, in the oh map. my goodness, in the horizon. Yeah. That is really cool. He'll sell them to you and then he won't sell it to anyone else. So, wow. So if you need pictures like that, they're great for websites, you know, especially if they're a local company. And mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Can you send us a link to his website or post it in the forum? Because I'd love yeah. to, to mm -hmm. have it. Awesome. Yep. Okay. awesome. So third Tuesday, 10 a.m. Again, next month, invite some friends. The more people we have, the more tips we have. And so it'll just help us to be better marketers. So I appreciate you guys coming today. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the SoGro Marketing Council podcast. Want to be part of our next meeting? Visit SoGroPR.com. That's S-O-W-G-R-O-W-P-R.com and click on the Marketing Council tab to sign up for our next event. Until next time, keep growing.